As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. This episode of Rockship.fm is brought to you by Clubhouse, the first project management platform for software development that brings everyone together so that teams can focus on what matters, creating products their customers love. With a simple API and robust set of integrations, Clubhouse also seamlessly integrates with the tools that you already use every day. Listeners of Rocketship FM can sign up for two free months of Clubhouse by visiting clubhouse.io forward slash Rocketship FM. This episode is brought to you today by Gusto. Payroll and benefits are hard, especially when you're a small business. Gusto is making payroll, benefits, and HR easy for modern small businesses. You no longer have to be part of a big company to get great technology, great benefits, and a great service to take care of your team. To help support the show, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited time deal. You sign up today, you will get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com slash rocket chip again gusto.com 
slash rocket ship. By now, you've heard all the buzz and, and honestly criticism of blockchain and cryptocurrencies. The constant fluctuations of the Bitcoin market. One minute's going to the moon and the next it's tanking and will never come back. But this isn't a story all about Bitcoin, because as Bitcoin and its siblings Litecoin and Ethereum and the thousands of other altcoins that have come and gone over the years, the underlying technology blockchain is becoming the real star of the show with banks and financial institutions around the world researching how they can best use this technology. But the ecosystem itself is still a bit odd. I mean, what Satoshi Nakamoto handed over to the world of cryptographic cyberpunks in 2009, 10 years later, it's becoming a booming, albeit volatile, industry. There's an incredible story going on right now in Cleveland, but today on the show, we're going to take you behind the scenes of some companies, governments, and communities elsewhere, all focused on Bitcoin and blockchain technology. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. Besides Cleveland, there are other communities throughout the world that have tried to plant a flag of sorts and declared themselves to be dedicated to the world of blockchain or crypto or even both. Michael, have you heard of some communities in particular? Yeah, I like... The first two that come to mind are Las Vegas and Puerto Rico. That's right. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, Puerto Rico's definitely been one of the most talked about because of its charismatic figurehead, who also happens to be a child TV star, uh, Brock Pierce. Um, in fact, you might remember him as the young Gordon Bombay in The Mighty Ducks. Uh, I have seen that movie one too many times, probably. Uh, but now that young Gordon Bombay, he's a billionaire, and he's actually one of the richest people in the world of crypto. Brock set up a house in Puerto Rico, and his focus was bringing together entrepreneurs focused on blockchain technology. I think that Puerto Rico is that perfect situation where amazing things can happen. It's in these moments of where we experience our greatest loss that we have our biggest opportunity to, to sort of restart and upgrade. Uh, and so... It's in these moments that we can experience those huge sort of changes that wouldn't be possible otherwise. And so Puerto Rico can become anything it wants. And he also started Restart Week, which is a decentralized conference that brought 3,000 people to Puerto Rico for a week of talks and parties. They modeled the event after blockchain itself, where anyone who wanted to set up an event, they could, no charge. There was no official organizer of the conference, just anyone working together who wanted to join in. And it's an interesting move to go down to Puerto Rico and set up shop. Now, Brock is definitely a great force inside of Bitcoin and blockchain and that entire ecosystem in developing a cohesive ecosystem in Puerto Rico focused around blockchain. Another community effort is right outside Las Vegas where cryptocurrency millionaire and consumer protection lawyer Jeffrey Burns has recently announced a new plan in which he bought over 67,000 acres in Northern Nevada uh, for around 170 million. We are building the world's first smart city based on blockchain technology from infrastructure all the way up. 68,000 acres, roughly the size of Reno, and I'm told half the size of Prague. The governor of Nevada just recently deemed it Innovation Park. It's, it's not so much a city as much as a series of different projects 
to highlight the power of the public blockchain. But first, we need to build a campus for us, a campus where developers from all over the world can come, work on dApps, work on applications, and help us build this city. Blockchain's campus will be a thousand acre campus, roughly, and it will be in part of Innovation Park that we've dubbed Blockchain's Graphene Valley. It will be a high-tech, high-security park, an R&D facility that will incubate four life-changing technologies together, those being AI, nanotechnology, 3D printing, all using blockchain as their core. We will, pretty exciting. We will incubate concepts dealing with clean water and energy. We will be doing things that have never been done before. Yeah, and the goal of that project is to build the first distributed collaborative entity, which will use numerous initiatives to help the blockchain ecosystem. Everyone will have their voting powers and ownership rights recorded on the blockchain, which will be transparent and resilient to manipulation and tampering. As expected, the structure will also have no government of any large corporation in control and in charge of the decision-making. Instead, all decisions regarding the city, they're to be made at the hands of the citizens who will be able to vote on various issues using cryptocurrencies as a payment method. So he's basically building an entire city from the ground up, which is a massive undertaking. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely want to keep our eyes on it, and, uh, but we don't really expect any movement on this for a couple of years to come. There have also been some interesting projects happening in Florida, right? Florida? Yes. I mean, another unexpected player in this ecosystem happens to be the mayor of Miami, Francis Suarez. He's been investing heavily in blockchain initiatives. Here's actually a clip from Crypto Trader, which is a segment on CNBC. We've done things like uh, gunfire detection systems to electronic plants to resiliency uh, initiatives. And all of that involves the ability to use the blockchain and get our data in a place that's transparent, that's decentralized, and that's, that's uh, accountable. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. This episode of Rockchip FM is brought to you by Clubhouse, the first project management platform for software development that brings everyone together so that teams can focus on what matters, creating products their customers love. And speaking of building products that customers love, we've hired a professional voice actress to read off some of the fantastic testimonials that we've gathered about Clubhouse, like this one from Clinton Gromley, the Elastic Stack team lead. Clubhouse is fine-grained enough that each sub-team can track the tasks they're working on, but allows us to zoom out to the team, product, or stack level. Or this one from John Kudmal, the CTO and co-founder of LaunchDarkly. Clubhouse provides the ability to work on a task list at the smallest level where I can check things off all the way up to tracking my entire company's engineering velocity at the milestone level. Or this one from Molly Wolfberg, the product manager at Wistia. 
Clubhouse provides enough data and a way to view that data, which means it's easy to slice and dice the numbers and makes the team more productive. Listeners of Rocketship.fm can sign up for two free months of Clubhouse by visiting clubhouse.io forward slash Rocketship.fm. This episode is brought to you today by Gusto. Payroll and benefits are hard, especially for small businesses. You don't have the time to be an expert on things like taxes and regulations. And there are old school payroll providers that exist, but they're just not built for the modern business. Gusto is making payroll benefits and HR easy for small businesses. Modern technology does the heavy lifting, so it's easy to get things right. Now, again, there is some competition for Gusto out there, but Gusto actually has a lot of things going for them. PC Mag and Fit Small Business, they've called Gusto the best payroll for small businesses. Gusto makes payroll a breeze. In fact, nine out of 10 users say Gusto is easier to use than other payroll solutions. And Gusto definitely saves you time. 72% of customers, they actually spend less than five minutes to run payroll. I know a lot of people that spend way more. Gusto is reliable. Four out of five customers actually reduce payroll errors after switching. And if you don't believe it, just Google it. People love Gusto. And how often do you actually love your payroll provider? Almost never. Most small businesses, they don't have an HR expert, but you don't need one to use Gusto. With great software and great service, you can focus on your business, not on your payroll or your paperwork. To help support the show, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited time deal. Sign up today and you'll get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com forward slash rocket ship. That's gusto.com forward slash rocket ship. Now... Back to the show. Absolutely fascinating. Before we started reporting on this, I had no idea that this technology was really being taken so seriously. It really is pretty amazing to see. So what about companies? Like how are actual companies today using blockchain and cryptocurrency in interesting ways? Well, I'm sure you drink tea from time to time. You know, I do enjoy a good cup of tea. So Elise Peterson, who was disenchanted by her work as a food scientist, found an interest in the tea business. She went to work as a food scientist in Japan and met a green tea farmer that inspired her future business. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and one of the first things she learned about the tea industry was how many middlemen there were in the supply chain. selling to the local market who will then you know sell to uh, local brokers who will sell to local traders who will sell to local exporters who will then sell to the importer who then sell to the wholesaler who sells to the retailer who finally sells to the consumer but she quickly learned that importing tea was relatively easy right there wasn't a lot of restrictions it has a, a long shelf life and getting it through customs was never really a problem So Elise has cut out all the middlemen in the equation. She imports them and then, what, sells them on commission or buys them in bulk from these farmers? Both, actually. So how did she initially take payments, like before cryptocurrency? Well, PayPal. I simply just had them set up PayPal accounts and I sent money in PayPal because that was the easiest, right? It was the easiest. But uh, we started to collect some data Uh, from our farmers who started to, at first they were very, very grateful, extremely grateful to be receiving this money uh, because no other buyer had ever paid them that much money for their tea before. But then after a little while, they started telling me, hey, Lise, this PayPal, they're kind of sleazebags. Like, 
you just sent me uh, you sent me eight hundred dollars and they held on to one hundred and fifty of it. Like, where did that money go? Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and so I started telling them, well, you know, it's it's the fees. Like that's the fees associated with business. Um, you know, these days, if you want to do international business and use PayPal, like that's just nature of it. So maybe you got to build that into your business model and into your pricing because we let we let the farmers set the price, and if the market pays for it, then that's the price, right? So I said, well, maybe you just need to price it differently to account for those fees. So they tried to push those fees onto the buyers, but I'm sure they didn't like that very much. <laughs> right. And they didn't want to price out their customers. So, you know, it was about August of 2013 and her developer was getting really excited about Bitcoin. And that's still relatively early for businesses to be accepting Bitcoin, I'd imagine. Yeah, it was. We were one of the first merchants in the world to do that. And nearly overnight, Bitcoin became 75% of their revenue. We were really trying to find some some sales hacks, you know, to increase our revenue and get us get us back afloat. Um, and nothing was working, nothing, nothing, nothing. But then all of a sudden, Bitcoin be- became 85% of our revenue. They must have been one of those early companies to hit it big on Reddit. Yeah, exactly. They were one of those first early companies that hit it big on the Bitcoin Reddit. Um, And then she started investing more of her time into the Bitcoin community. That's when I learned uh, that there are networks of Bitcoin exchanges around the world that you can tap into, uh, that you can send Bitcoin to, and they will exchange the Bitcoin to, to local fiat currencies at a very low rate and very safely wire the money into whatever bank account you want. And so that's uh, basically how we started um, paying our farmers. And we found that um, the fee, if there was any fee, it was less than 2%. That's incredible. So less than 2%. So these networks, they allowed her to build a global currency exchange for a fraction of the cost. And the farmers had no idea Bitcoin was even being used. But all of a sudden, they were able to receive a larger portion of their invoice since she cut out all the middlemen and PayPal. And what a huge advantage for her. Her business is actually able to make the tea farmers more money without them doing anything different. I mean, overnight, they're able to make more money because all the middlemen have pretty much been knocked out. And the farmers went from earning 15% of the final sale to almost 80% when Elise was purchasing from them. That's amazing. And I have to admit, now all this talk about tea, I am getting pretty thirsty. So I'm wondering, did Elise have any tea tips for you to share? Of course. Of course she did. A tea that I do recommend people to try, and actually it's not just one single tea, it's an, an origin. It's a, uh, a country, a tea producing country that is becoming really well known in the U.S. and more and more tea shops are starting to carry it, and that's Nepal. Uh, just north of India in the Himalayas, uh, beautiful, high elevation, very clean environment uh, for growing tea. And, um, you know, more and more the producers are, are learning about craftsmanship and, and learning how to produce really fine teas with their hands. So what's coming up next? Next week, we're going to get a bit of a history lesson and primer on blockchain itself so we can all understand the technology behind all of these initiatives. And later in the series, we're going to learn more about how Blackland is unfolding and what a place like Cleveland is doing to become Blockchain's new home. And down the road, we'll hear from Blackland's leaders, advocates, and even some naysayers. 
And yes, we're going to try to sit down with Bernie himself, all coming up on this special series of Rocketship FM. Thanks for listening to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship.fm is now part of the Podglomerate Network. You can check out all the shows on the Podglomerate Network at thepodglomerate.com. And there's some good ones. We also want to give a huge thanks to Jordan Aaron, who helped us mix this entire series, and we couldn't have done it without him. No, and also a big thank you goes out to everybody in this series that was willing to open up to us, whether you are a part of the Blackland Initiative, whether you are a naysayer in this Blackland Initiative, thank you for being there for us. Um, and finally, Rocket Chip is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We invite you to come over to productcollective.com and sign up to be a member. It's free to do that, and you could keep tabs on all things product, whether you're getting our newsletter every single week, uh, whether you're attending one of our live video Q&A chats with product leaders all around the world. You can even join our Slack channel with thousands of other product people. Just come over to productcollective.com.